Welcome back to Made in March. Today is Tuesday, January 12th, and we got a little three-man show here. No Wesley today, which is a little disappointing because after that Badger game, I kind of wanted to hear his thoughts on it. You guys? Wanted to pick his brain a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a quick reminder, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Made in March Podcast, underscores between every word. And before we get into the recaps today, we actually have some important transfer news to get into. Alex, you want to kick it off? Yeah, so I can start. First, the one big transfer we have is uh, former Houston Cougars guard uh, Caleb Mills, and it is reported that he is transferring to FSU. I mean, he struggled to find minutes for Houston, especially since they have great guards, as is Marcus Sasser, mm-hmm. Grimes, and Giroux. So I can kind of see why he transferred. I mean, he's a good player. I feel like Florida State will be a good fit for him. I think so, too, and especially when you consider um, the new COVID rules that are going on this year. It's immediate eligibility. So players who are maybe not 100% content with their situation, I have a feeling there's going to be more moves like this um, to come this year. And honestly, if I was Caleb Mills, that's not the worst decision. And another important piece of news we got is um, West Virginia big man. We mentioned this, I believe, last podcast, Oscar Shibwe. He did enter the transfer portal, and he, just the other day— committed to Kentucky. So that's going to be interesting because Big Blue Nation started off really slow. They've got a few wins in SEC play. Oscar Sheepway might be able to put them over the top. Yeah, they've won three straight games, um, and Kentucky could use a high-energy player like Oscar Sheepway, um, and that's what they're getting in Oscar Sheepway. He's going to be a good addition for Kentucky, someone with experience. I mean, he can eat up the glass. He's going to fit in nice on Kentucky as well. I think he's going to fit in nice, but if I was – Kentucky. Now, listen, it's not like you get to pick and choose who you want from other teams. There aren't like that many guys in the transfer portal. But I feel like, you know, maybe a guard who can shoot would have benefited their team a little more. But at the end of the day, Oscar Shibwe is a very talented big man who can provide some very nice minutes for Kentucky. And he should start for this Kentucky team. Oh, he give him like a few weeks, he'll be in the starting line. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I bet actually he'll make the people around him better. With the way that he plays high energy, absolutely off, off ball movement with the ball, I think the the guards will kind of get into it once um, Shibuya's in the lineup. So that's that's our two cents on it. Um, I who do you guys think is going to be the more effective transfer, Shibuya or Caleb Mills? What do you mean by more effective? Like, or it has better themselves or helps the team more value to their team? I think. Oscar Sheboy. I would say Sheboy as well, partly because Kentucky is obviously having a down year. I don't know if they can really get much worse. I feel like he's going to be a big boost. Hopefully they can make a run in SEC play with him. Yeah, true. I mean, Florida Florida State is lengthy. They have a lot of players. They have some depth. So Caleb Mills is going to be a nice piece for them. But Absolutely. at the same time, he's not going to be as valuable as Sheboy will be to, uh, to the Kentucky Wildcats. And once again, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Well, not like a bold prediction. I'm going to make a fearless prediction. We don't want to mix up the wall bowl predictions with just things I'm saying. But I think there will be more transfers like this throughout the year. People who are not content in their situation, maybe guys who want to go to teams that they know are going to make the big dance, transferring, especially with you know the immediate eligibility situation. So that will be something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then without further ado, should we recap um, the games? Yeah. Where did we leave off? I believe it was Friday night. last Friday. Okay. Yep. So we only had a couple good games Friday night, um, pretty much one big one. Uh, and then the other two I want to talk about, uh, just briefly, Toledo won 95-78. Toledo can score the ball. This is the MAC team that I really like this year. Last year, was, action. last year was Akron. This year it's Toledo. Watch out for the Rockets. 
And then, obviously, Boise State wins again, 80-69. to 69. Nice little win for the Blue Court Broncos there. Uh, but then the game of the night, really, was Purdue going on the road, 23 Michigan State. If you guys remember correctly, I said I like Purdue outright. Yes, you did. And Purdue got it done at the end um, because Michigan State forgot how to inbound the ball, missed a couple free throws. Um, and then great play design by Matt Painter at the end. Great hustle by Edie. Painter coached a really good game at the end. I mean, they had a guy go to the line. He had a chance to tie it up. I believe might have been Travion, actually. Um, and then he missed his, his second free throw to tie it. Um, but they put their like seven four guy Edie in the ball game. That guy that, is that guy's mm, huge. Really tall. <laughs> and, and he and he knocks it around and then people get on the floor for it, jump ball, favoring Purdue. I mean nice fifty fifty chance right there. And then Matt Painter draws up a great inbounds play. If you haven't watched it, go watch it if if you're a coach or anything like that. Um but it was a nice play to get Travy on the ball from like twelve footer, nice little nice little jump jump floater kind of thing. Travion Williams is insane. I mean, Michigan State had no answer for him whatsoever. Not, Joey Hauser's a good player, but he's not going to be able to guard Travion. Travion's so aggressive. Yeah. He's so aggressive out there. He's, he's one of those guys that every team wants. I would love to have Travion Williams on my team. He could ball for me any day. I mean, that's what we were saying last podcast. We said Purdue's got a shot to win this one because their player, Travion Williams, going up against Michigan State's weakness, so it's kind of they don't have that – really big buff physical dude they got bingham they got hauser who's a little bit smaller mm-hmm. you know it's and travion's gonna exploit those matchups in which he did i thought hunter needed to step up for him to win but he didn't step up and purdue didn't really need him as much he had seven points on one for seven shooting and Real sasha cool. stefanovich was one for eight wow i still won with him going over eight that's surprising yeah. uh real quick i wanted to get a quick temperature check on michigan state because they were coming off a few nice games and then having that game how do we feel about them alex I mean, they're looking for answers. I believe freshman A.J. Hogarty is starting to get a lot more minutes. I'm not sure if he was injured in the beginning of the season, but he's just starting to play more. And Izzo really likes this kid. He's looking for Hogard to be the point guard of Michigan State because obviously they've struggled with that. Rocket Watts clearly cannot – he's not a point guard. He's a scorer. Mm-hmm. He's a shooting guard. Defender. And so, I don't know. I'm not – I like this Michigan State team early, and I'm starting to fade away from My them. take is that Michigan State, when they're playing well, they can play really well. But I think that they're a team that's kind of prone to off nights, especially when Rocket Watts really isn't clicking out there. I think they're a team that's prone to off nights, and let's say March would roll around. They're one of those teams that is either making an Elite Eight run, or they're one of those teams that's going to get bounced by a, you know aggressive, hyped-up mid-major team. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. But I also think this was also just a bad matchup for Michigan State, like I said, with Travion Williams. I mean, Michigan State might have quite a few of these bad matchups, as we know, the bigs and Big Ten player. Mm-hmm. Tough, but then they, Purdue still has good defensive guards, even though they ha- they can't score the ball well. So, you know, rough matchup overall for Michigan State, but Michigan State has enough depth and enough energy and obviously a top-tier college basketball coach to be just fine going forward. Yeah. But then we get – and Rocket Watts also played better than Hogard that game. Um, but, I mean, going forward, I think Hogard is the solution. I think Izzo realizes that. Like Alex said, mm-hmm. Watts is better as a six-man off the bench. Yeah, um, he's a nice spark plug to just bring in the game, boom, automatically doubles the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And great defender for when they have to face some tough guards, big tech yeah. play. Uh, then we get into Saturday. Creighton wins big at home. Creighton's offense is starting to look a lot better. 
It is. They the last few it's games their offense is starting to look like a classic Creighton offense. My boy Alex O'Connell off the bench, a little six or seven from the floor, four or five from deep, sixteen point six boards. Get this man some more minutes. Exactly. He needs more minutes. He's an absolute bucket. Mahoney's back to being Mahoney on offense. Uh, Mahoney's obviously Mahoney everywhere else. You love Denzel Mahoney. He's one of my favorite players to watch, honestly. Biggie, six man of the year last year. He really stepped up in the starting lineup this year. Um, Really impressive piece for Clayton. How did uh, Zeg play that game? Uh, Zeg did not play. Really? Which is kind of surprising. I'm not sure if he was injured or... I mean, you got to assume it is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, COVID protocol. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, luckily they were playing the Johnny, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get into a nice Big Ten matchup, a little rematch. Uh, and it was a rematch because the result was pretty much very similar. 14 or 15 Rutgers at home drops the game 79-68 to 68 to Ohio State, and that score is closer than the game actually was. Yeah, that game was not very close. First half was actually pretty close. Then Ohio State went on a nice run at the end of the first half, and second half Rutgers came out flat, no energy. Guys, Rutgers is in a bad funk right now. They are in a bad, bad funk that will only be solved by better free throw shooting. That's number one. That's paramount. And getting Cliff Omarui back. Their other big man, Miles Johnson, needs a piece out there. Miles Johnson, great player, great big man. But he's a little bit of a spaz at times. He's kind of a player that can get emotional. They need Cliff Omari back, and they need to shoot their free throws a lot better. I think they were 55% that game, and for them, that's like an average day at the office. I mean, what can't you say about Ohio State's front court? With EJ Liddell, Kyle Young, and then Suing stepping up this game with a double-double of his own. All three of those guys in double figures. And then Dwayne Washington obviously steps up like he has the entire season. Uh, Ohio State's starting to impress me more and more. I'm Both be with EJ you. Liddell and Young had their way with Rutgers. I mean, they had their way. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State has a team shot 51%, and I attribute that to how the front court shot. When you look at their three forwards that started five for nine, three for four, and six for nine, it's, it's not yeah. bad from the field. What are your thoughts on, um, on Caleb McConnell, Charlie? I think that he's a piece that's going to be key for Rutgers because Luke's, Luke has liked to say that Rutgers doesn't have enough depth. That's something that I agree with to an extent, but I kind of push back on it because you're looking at a Rutgers team right now that is nowhere near full health. And when they get back, Cliff Omarui and Caleb McConnell, he just came back. This is, that was like his third game played, I believe. He's going to be a key piece because he was probably their best player that game. What did he shoot? He was four of nine from the floor. And I mean, I mean that's really not saying much considering how shitty yeah. Rutgers played. But he's a nice bench piece that I think can maybe take away a few more minutes from Paul Mulcahy, who is a decent piece himself, one of the few guys on the team that can shoot free throws. But Caleb McConnell, I feel, is a better all-around player. I would agree with that. Uh, And scary sight for Rutgers a little bit. We thought Geo Baker was back to his normal self, but he did not have a good game this game. I mean, is he just going to be a hot and cold player on and off, or is he going to start? Yeah, that's what I'm kind of worried about. I'm... I think the consistency will come back, but this whole Rutgers team in general is worrying me a little bit because I kind of put all my eggs in their basket. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got some bold predictions up there. I mean, it's called the wall of bold predictions for a reason. They got to be bold, and if they're not, you're just lame. But we'll, we'll see how the rest of the Big Ten play goes because it's not going to get any easier for them. They need like an all-players meeting where they just sit down and hash it out. They say, <laughs> these are our problems. This is how we fix them. And, I mean, once again, I've got suggestions. Miles Johnson, you should shoot your free throws granny style. Ben's saying it. 
I think it would be an improvement. I mean, you can't physically get any worse. But Rutgers is going to be an interesting team to watch, I feel like, down the rest of Big Ten play. Interesting to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Along with the rest of the Big Ten, that'll be interesting to follow. Um, Number 21, Duke in action again. <clears throat> in kind of a dogfight with Wake Forest until later in the second half again. This is a couple games in a row where they haven't looked exceptional, except for Matthew Hurt, who's been playing a lot better ball. Uh, Alex likes Matthew Hurt. We know that. Um, what what do you see from this Duke team? What, what do they need to succeed other than Matthew Hurt? Um, well, obviously the Jalen Johnson loss was huge. I mean, that's a great player who goes out. Other uh, guards are starting to step up. I like what um, DJ Stewart's been doing recently. I've, Matthew Hurt is having an incredible year. He's not getting talked about very much. I think he's averaging like 20 a game. He's, he's not getting much help on, on boards. Duke. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go out there and say this Duke team is great, but they're they're decent. They're a decent Duke team. I don't know. I kind of push back against that claim, but we'll get to another game that Duke played in a little bit, but... I think Matthew Hart's having a really nice year, but I, Duke does not have very many other pieces to compliment him out there. Uh, and then staying in the ACC, Miami beats North Carolina State at NC State. This is a tough loss for him. Miami, however, has lost several very close games this year. Um, Miami's 5-5. Five and five. It's, not a, it's not the worst loss you could have, but... It's, Certainly, I don't know. A win, I feel a win like NC like State's probably certainly a win you would like to happy like to get at home. But I mean, Miami went scoreless for seven minutes in the second half and still managed to pull it out at the end. I mean, it was just a total choke job at the end by NC State. So, I mean, a team a team after upsetting the rival North Carolina, they've kind of faded a little bit. Yeah, I mean, NC State's not going to blow anybody out of the water. They're at best a bubble team this year. At best, agreed. Uh, then we get into a really exciting SEC matchup uh, between Alabama and Auburn. How about Sharif Cooper this game for, for, real? for the Auburn Tigers? He was he, he was feeling it. Twenty six points, nine assists is an incredible score. Freshman, no less. Yeah, he's a great athlete. What was his uh, line from the field that game? Uh, eight and nineteen from the floor, only one of seven from three, but twenty six points. And then you love to see nine assists as well from yeah. your starting point. And a couple steals too. Yeah, that's he was first, all over the first game too. That's impressive. It's just Auburn. Auburn would be a really good team, or not a really good team, but they'd be a solid team if they played a little bit of defense because that's what they've been lacking the past couple games. But Dude. but at the same time, they shoot the ball well. They have pretty good offense, but they don't have a full team together. Right I just now. think Bama knows how to score. Yeah, Bama's a good team. Well, I just Auburn, they just did it against Tennessee. That's what, Nate Oates, that's what Nate Oates' teams do. They play fast, and they know how to score. I really like this Bama team. I, I, I mean, Jordan too. Bruner, John Petty coming back. He's a senior as well. And they got Shackelford. Uh, they got another big, I'm blanking on his name right now. Quinterly's hurt. He's a nice six-man off the bench. They'll get him back soon, hopefully. I mean, they're playing Big Blue Nation tonight. We'll see if they can keep it rolling. This Alabama team's hot right now. Yeah, roll good tide, baby. Good roll Alabama tide. team. Uh, Auburn's now zero four in conference. The team that you would think is actually better than that on paper, but they're, they are us. uneligible to make the tournament this year. Yeah, so. so it doesn't even matter in the end. <laughs> Bruce Pearl's probably just kicking back, living life. <laughs> living life. <laughs> Says we're just gonna we're gonna do whatever we can this year, and whatever happens happens because in the end it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but then. One of the matchups of the day, four Texas goes on the road to 14 West Virginia. Texas pulls it out by two points. This was an insane game, and if you don't mind, I'm going to paint the picture yeah, go for, it. for the audience. So close your eyes because I'm going to paint you a picture. 
West Virginia was up one. They secured an offensive board with 10 seconds to go. Put it back up, missed it, got fouled, and the guy who got fouled, 89% free throw shooter, misses both free throws, Texas gets the rebound, takes down the court, hits a three, and that was their only three of the entire second half to win. Absolutely bonkers finish. Bonkers. Love the story of Andrew Jones, though. Yeah, the guy who got the game winning shot. Cancer survivor, coming back to the court. Mm-hmm. Really nice drive by Matt Coleman. I mean, that guy is – at the end of the game, I want the ball in his hands because oh, yeah. if he's not taking yeah. the shot, he's creating for somebody else. And he got Andrew Jones a wide-open three by drawing like three defenders to him. So props to Matt Coleman because that guy's had ice in his veins pretty much all year. And Texas keeps it rolling, number four. I, mean, I know. And, like, if they would have lost this game, nobody would have blamed Texas. West Virginia, even without Oscar Sheway, they're still a decent team, make no mistake. But Texas is finding ways to win this year. Shaka Smart, I think he's turned a corner as a coach. Because normally – It's the hair. It's the hair. It's the hair. Because normally one dig on Shaka as a coach was he sometimes does not know how to draw final plays at the end of games. Now, granted, it, he didn't have a chance to call a timeout and draw up a play, so maybe we can just attribute this one to Matt Coleman just being a really good basketball player. But still, this Texas team, a very pleasant surprise this year. I would agree. Indeed. Uh, and then Winthrop stays undefeated, winning by 10 at home against Gardner-Webb. We love Gardner-Webb here, but Winthrop's the team from the Big South this year. Uh, Tennessee, number nine Tennessee, wins on the road at Texas A&M, 68-54. 22, Virginia, wins 61-49 to over Boston College on the road. Uh, that game was closer than I'd like it to be for most of the game, but, I mean, that's also how Virginia plays. Yeah, we, we know what we're getting with Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then Seton Hall goes on the road to DePaul, 76-68. Um, Sandra Mabukashvili wasn't even their leading scorer that game, so... If if Hall if Seton Hall can find some secondary players to step up, like Roden, kind of start going. I don't know. I think I think they're gonna have a little bit of trouble finding players to step up though around Mamu. I mean, they still got. Miles I mean, it Kale, would be like right? Miles Keller, Shavar Reynolds, just someone from the guard position that hit some shots. I mean, that would Jer- be key for them. Jared Roden's averaging fifteen a game this year for him at, at the guard position. So they got some pieces. We'll see where that leads them. Maybe maybe a spook, maybe a spooky team come March if they figure it out. And with Mamou Kalos really an obvious, an obvious monster, could maybe make some noise in the Big East tournament. We've seen him do it a couple years ago. When they yeah, were but, to. okay, but a few years ago, they even still had better players than that. Like, a few years ago when they were a 10 seed, is that Powell. what you're referring to? They still had Miles Powell, who yeah. was the definition of a dog out there. Yeah. Also, just I need to add in that they lost their first game in March Madness that year when they were a 10 seed. Yeah. To Wofford. My shooters <laughs> from Wofford, baby, Fletcher McGee. All right, well, <laughs> still, I think Sandro's one of the more underrated players in the country. Okay, I agree if, with that 100%. Yep. And I think we all do. We're, we're big fans of him here at Major. We're huge Mamu fans. Um, then, big upset on the road. Rhode Island goes to VCU, who's a 9-2 and team, and beats them 83-68. We were kind of liking VCU. We talked about him last podcast mm-hmm. a little bit. Are we still feeling really any team from the A-10 that much? Or? I mean, I like Richmond, Richmond enough. Richmond seems I like a Richmond little fraudulent enough. to me right now. But you know, Rhode Island, they're they're battle-tested team. I mean, the amount of Quadrant 1 games they've played has got to be just off the charts. Like, they're probably leading all college basketball in that. So I can't say I'm surprised they pulled off an upset because, I mean, yeah, once again, they're, they're weathered. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, then we got two Baylor going on the road to Horned Frogs. Horned Frogs get smacked again by one of the top teams in the Big 12 after a good start. Um, they had a, lead at half, a one point lead at half. They did, but Baylor just knows yeah, how to win. Jared this Butler is... kind of went takeover mode. 28 yeah. points, 8 rebounds. Baylor probably went into the half down one, and they were like, eh, not worried. I think Baylor's the most complete team in the nation this year. I mean, it's either them or Zags. Yeah, I would agree. But, I mean, just the guard play of Baylor has really stepped up. That's something they didn't have as much of last year in terms of shooting, things like that. But this Baylor team is going to be really tough to beat. Then Georgia goes on the road to Arkansas, an expected close game in the SEC for two decent teams. And Arkansas wins by 30 at home, putting up 99 points in the process. Luke, go Hogs, baby. We talked about them last episode. I mean... Moses Moody found a stroke again, had 25 points. Uh, he's kind of their player, and when he's when he gets going, everybody really gets going. So, and Desi Sills, they had him come off the bench this game. He that's the first game I think he hasn't started all year, which he has been really. Playing, like, he came off the bench that he's game. He's been playing like garbage. Um, but this game he had eight points, didn't play, didn't play too bad. Um, How'd our boy Connor Vanover play? Three minutes and and a goose egg because he got hurt. So oh okay, that's sense. why he only played three <laughs> minutes. Um, 18 Texas Tech goes to Iowa State, a team that was playing close with the top teams in the Big 12, but Texas Tech doesn't seem to have any problems with it. Too much firepower for the nation. Yeah, 91-64. Uh, UConn gets another win, 72-60 to at Butler. UConn is a dark horse. Alex said it earlier this year. UConn is the dark horse team out of the Big East. And they're winning without James Booknight. Yep. Which is... I would have never thought that would happen. Which is big, because, I mean, what is he averaging? 24 games somewhere in that vicinity? I mean, he's the clear... He's clearly UConn's best player, but UConn showing that they have other players who can make shots and step up. Especially when you consider the amount of time that Booknight has the ball in his hands in a regular UConn game. Oh, yeah. Without him there, I mean, I thought that they were going to really struggle, but they're kind of persevering. They're pushing through. They got other guys stepping up. Tyler Polly, we mentioned him. One Big East player of the week. Yeah. yeah. Deserved as off, well. Off Very the bench, deserved. he was 5 for 8 from deep in that one against Butler. And also... He knows how to shoot the tray ball. Come, coming off injury, working his way back, he had 6 minutes this game, is a cook a cook. See, Whoa. I thought he tore his Achilles, but... He's back now. It must have been yeah. a while ago. If they it can was, get like, a yeah, cook It was a early cook. last year. If they can get him back at full strength... It's With Booknight back at full strength, Polly off the bench. Ooh, kind of liking these Huskies. It's a nice Husky team. Plus, they found the rankings uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up 25. Then we got Oklahoma going on the road to number six, Kansas. This was a close one. I mean, Austin Reeves had another, had another nice game, but at the end of the day, Kansas Jayhawks know how to win. Bill yeah, Self um, and company. Really good game for David McCormick on Kansas. Mm-hmm. What was his line there? Uh, he had 17 points. Yeah. And also, a freshman I believe is the best freshman in the Big 12 this year, Jalen Wilson. Uh, he didn't do too bad himself. He was one point away from double-double. He had nine points and 11 boards. He makes impacts on games. He's like one of those freshmen that I feel like is not quite getting talked about enough. I know. Because he's, he's on Kansas. He's surrounded by all these yeah. other players. It's, and he's not necessarily 100% the focal point of every game. No, but, I wouldn't say he's the focal point. No. Really which, any game. Which he he has the ability yeah. to be that guy, but as you said, McCormick and Ibaji and yeah, I don't know, I don't really know who Christian the Brown. focal point is of Kansas. Well, they're just a good team. They play a team game. Would you say it's Ibaji? 
Depends on the probably. game. On the offensive yeah, end, it's probably Abaji. Maybe McCormick, though, because they run a lot of stuff through him. They like to get mm-hmm. it down low and then kick out to the shooters. Yeah. But That's actually a valid point, though. They don't really have that like dude, someone you yeah. have to like hone in on. They don't have that dude. But they've got a lot of pieces who can contribute. And if everyone's on in one night, that's when Kansas is dangerous. 100% agreed. Uh, then we got Kentucky winning their third straight. At Florida, 76-58. Dominated the second half of this one. Big Blue Nation is 3-0 in SEC play. They're coming back. Luke, we kind of called their comeback a little bit. Um, and them getting Oscar Sheba is only going to help. I mean, it, it physically can't hurt them. How do we feel about Kentucky? I mean, Keon Brooks is back. He came off the bench for 12 this game. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 6 of 8 shooting. Pretty efficient. Alex, I'm looking at the wall bowl predictions right now, and... I see one from you and Wesley that says UK misses the NCAA tournament. How are we feeling on that? They're going to take another L tonight. Uh, they're playing Bama. Okay. They're starting to turn things around. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say about <laughs> Kentucky, really. They're still trying to put the pieces together. Honestly, if we're being realistic, that bull bridging could very well still come true. Yeah. But given um, this Kentucky team momentum is not – when Kentucky wins three straight, that's not the team I want to play. I mean, you got two really hot teams going up against each other in the SEC tonight in Alabama and Kentucky. So interesting to see how uh, that one will turn out. Um, then we had USC at Arizona State. USC wins 73-64, and Arizona State is now 4-5, and five, which is weird because they are way more talented than 4-5. and five. But USC yeah, Arizona USC State sucks. In USC opinion, might be the team out of the Pac-12 this year that I like the most. I kind of like Colorado, if I'm being completely honest. I like um, – well, I'm a McKinley Wright guy, but he's still a little USC's too USC's got the Mobley brothers. Yep. Um, Evan Mobley had a nice double-double yeah. in 19 and 13 that game. Yeah. But getting back to Arizona State, they're in contention for one of the most disappointing teams in the nation this year. Mm-hmm. What were they ranked preseason, like 16, something yeah. like that? I mean, Remy Martin and a few other guys just got COVID the past three games they couldn't play. Or something but even like still, that. when they have Remy Martin out there, they still don't look like no. even a tournament team at times. No, and I mean, San Diego State made them look kind of silly when they played them, so it's just... <laughs> Disappointing ASU team. Yeah, yeah. the Mobley brothers act for USC both had double-doubles that game, wow. so interesting to see. Um, yeah, USC, Colorado, and Oregon are kind of the teams. I don't even like Oregon that much out of the Pac-12, but if you're looking for tourney teams, USC, Oregon, Colorado. That would be throwing UCLA probably. UCLA potentially yeah. depends how Ty- Tiger Campbell plays, but, yep. but you know... They'll all get bounced in the first round, I think. I mean, that's a that's a solid take. I can get behind that one. Yeah, and I mean, LSU gets back on track with the win, 75-61 at Ole Miss. Uh, 17 Oregon wins, 79-73. Then we get into Sunday's games. And the early game on Sunday with Providence at Xavier was an amazing game to watch. David Duke might be that dude for Providence. I'm willing to say he's he is. insane. What is it's, he averaging on the year? 25 points, something like that? Yeah, something crazy. Yeah, 20. It's him and Nate Watson. They just don't have a third scorer, really. Yeah, A.J. Reeves has got to be the guy to step up, and he didn't quite do enough this game. He had nine points, but he was three for 12 on shooting. So, But at the end of the day, David Duke did drop 30 points. Um, and then Xavier hit the ball, hit hit a shot with 0.1 seconds from Another deep to win. Another good win for Xavier. Xavier's pulling out these late games yeah, quite really a bit are. this year. It's kind of their M.O. this year. Yeah, n- nice little driving kick action, and that that hurts Providence, who's seven and five team now, mm-hmm. as opposed to being an eight and four team. 
Because Providence... That's, yep, that's how math works. You got it. Because Providence with David Thanks, Dipplug. <laughs> Thanks, well, Logan. I mean, I mean <laughs> when you look at the grand scheme of things, if Providence is a bubble team, this is the win that they kind of needed. Yeah, they'd look, at, they'd look back at that one and be like... Wish you could have had it. See, this is a Providence team. I feel like if they were to get into the big dance, I feel like they could give teams some problems. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you have that David Duke on your team, he's you got a chance. Plus they're long, they're athletic. Mm-hmm. They're not the greatest defensive team of all time, but they're but certainly they're not the worst. Yes. They're dogs. They're dogs. At the end of the day, they're out there fighting for everything. Uh, and then Iowa gets revenge on Minnesota. Number five, Iowa at home against number 16, Minnesota. 86-71. Iowa kind of took over. Iowa kind of took over in the second half of this one. And Garza goggles were dropped. He had 33 points. Oh, boy. Yeah, I kind of knew that Garza was going to come out with vengeance on this one. Was not about right to let Minnesota beat them again. Dude, Jabo was absolutely splashing out there. He's, he's back to Jabo form from pre-hip surgery Jabo. And remember, I'm loving it. Remember only a few short weeks ago when you wanted Toussaint to start over Jabo? Well, I mean, how many games in a row did Jabo not able to dude, shoot? Dude, but you got to give him a little bit of time. A little bit of time? Little, he had like the, eight games, dude. Okay, no, 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 no. He did eight not games. have eight games. Of, mm. Yeah, well, what's good is he's finding his stride now in Big Ten play. Yeah, we, great time for Iowa. We scamp with another with another good game, kind of bouncing back after maybe two not as great games. Um, seven of nine, 20 points for Joe Wieskamp. Uh then off the bench, Jack Nunji had 10 boards. But when you shoot 55% and the other team shoots 34%, you're almost almost guaranteed a win um, against that team. Then we got 19 Virginia Tech at home, 77-63 over Notre Dame. Virginia Tech is starting to look a little bit less like frauds, especially after tonight. You're, you're a little too hard on Virginia Tech, Luke. I don't know. I don't know what your deal is with them. You you called them like frauds a few weeks ago. You're like, I hate this Virginia Tech team, dude. Nobody's saying Virginia Tech is like a top fifteen team in the nation. You did earlier. I no, I did not. At the beginning. Name one time I said they were a top fifteen team in the nation. Absolutely not. When they were a top fifteen team in the nation, you said. I said that they were surprising. I didn't say that they were actually a top fifteen team in the nation. I think Virginia Tech ranked, you know, 20 to 25 is about where they deserve to be. And for some reason, you just can't wrap your head around that. Because Penn State was up by, like, 30 points on Virginia Tech. I mean... Dude, you just cherry-pick, like, old games from, like, months ago. Months ago? When was was the Penn State game? That was in December. That's last month. Yeah? (laughs) That that is an old game. But down by 30 to Penn State? I don't know. I feel like you just, you've got something against... Virginia Tech, and I don't know why. I maybe, don't maybe, think... maybe it's because Buzz Williams isn't there anymore. I don't know. Okay, but I'm telling you, Mike White is a better coach than Buzz Williams. Don't doubt that. With the success. Or Mike, Mike, Young, Mike Young. Mike Young. I always mix them up. Yeah, with the success Young's having this year, I don't necessarily yeah. doubt that. Dude, the Hokies, they're, they are filled with a bunch of snipers. They have one dude coming off the bench who literally averages like eight or nine three-point attempts a game, and he's shooting at like 42%, I think. So he literally just comes in off the bench and just starts talking. Yeah. what? They got really hot in the second half. Notre Dame was up seven and a half, but that script got flipped pretty quick after Virginia Tech started knocking in the three ball. Um, Indiana gets a win over Nebraska ball, improves to eight and five. Indiana's eight and five, kind of going to be on the bubble. Do you guys see Indiana get? Is it more likely they get in the tournament, or or more or less likely? Them like being, if it's fifty fifty, them being in the Big Ten will only help 
their case. You could say that, or you could say it could only hurt their case because that's prone to a lot more losses. Well, I'm saying, Strength what, I'm saying at the yeah. end of the year, when you compare resumes, the fact that they're in the Big Ten will make the resume look better. Now, them being in the Big Ten might make the resume worse because obviously in the Big Ten, you're going to suffer more losses. But Indiana, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't know if they're a good enough shooting team to really make any real noise in March or even... I mean, they'll probably make the tournament. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe even not even make the tournament. But I'm not sold on this Indiana team. It's a tough team to read. Yeah. I don't know. I like TJD. I feel like we hype him up a lot here. But I still think, just like in general, I feel like he's super underrated. Mm-hmm. I think he can carry Indiana to a little tournament bid. I mean, we'll definitely see. And then more Big Ten action. Uh, Maryland, a lot of people are starting to count him out at 6-6. Six and six. They go on the road to a hot... Illinois team ranked number 12 in the nation and get the win 66-63. Morsell this game, they got Daryl Morsell back very recently, and this might have been like his first game back where he actually played Mm -hmm. typical minutes, and he had 19 points on 8 for 16 shooting. And if Maryland starts to play like a team again, where they have Ayala going, Dante Scott going, They're going to give some teams some trouble, yeah. And Aaron Wiggins, I mean, if... They they definitely can make some noise in the Big Ten if Turgeon's Absolutely. crew figures it because when they start to play like individuals and everybody tries to take over the game. But that's not how Maryland really plays though. I feel like they're when they, normally when they lose that's how they're they play. normally pretty good at playing team basketball in my opinion. I don't know. Some of the games they lose are just ISO threes that it's tough to watch when when Maryland's not on their game. It's and this it's is difficult. A, a rare case that I am hyping up. A Mark Turgeon. Turgeon coach team. I still think Turgeon's the definition of a fraud coach. And I mean that with no disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, that went over an Illinois team who's hot right now. Like, at, and Alex's Final Four team, which definitely still could be a Final Four team very easily with the pieces they got. Big I mean, win for the Terps. I mean, this was just one of those games where, like, if I'm Io, I'm thinking to myself, well... I really got Kofi, and that's about it. Like, I don't know who else is going to score, so he was just hucking out there. And, you know, shots weren't dropping for him. I mean, it's hard when you are a top player in the league and you can't really get scoring from anywhere else, and you kind of feel the need where you have to be that guy to step up and make shots, and tonight they just, or that night, they didn't fall for him. Yep, and then we get into Monday's games. Not too many great games, but... We do have Bradley, you and I play on, on Sunday and Monday. They split that series, so you and I took one. Like, I think Charlie and Wesley said you and I. Yeah, you and I is record, I believe, going into that series. They were 2-7. and seven. They're oh, better than a 2-7 and seven team. I think 3-8, and eight, yeah. No. So if you got A.J. Green, you're better than a 2-7 and seven team. So we knew that there was a chance of an upset there, mm-hmm. but the MVC is going to be a really fun mid-major conference to keep our eyes on this year. And then a game people were anticipating in the Mountain West, Boise State on the road at Wyoming, who is seven and two coming into this game. Boise State wins very convincingly, eighty three to sixteen. Boise State is now eleven and one. Boise this, State this is could really be like good. a twenty seven and four team at the end of the They're year. They're really good. I mean, my bold prediction up on the wall about Boise State, and I have one about the Mountain West, the conference they're in. Two different bold predictions. Mount two bit Mountain West. Luke, you're on that one with yeah, me. Yeah, I'm on that one with you. And then Boise State. Gets into the March Madness tournament and wins a game. That one's pretty bold. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you never know. They could draw a bad matchup, stuff like that. But the way it's trending right now, there there are worse bold predictions. So up you're there. thinking Boise and SDSU? Yeah, at least. Yeah, and then, the last podcast. Yeah. Those are your 
two teams hoping to get in. That's what we're kind of thinking. But, you know, let's say one of them gets upset in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Utah State is 6-0 and in conference and 9-3 and right now. Utah State is rolling. Hashtag don't sleep, baby. Don't sleep. So you got those three teams that are kind of competing, in my opinion, for the NCAA tournament bids. Or probably two two tournament bids, I bet, they'll get. Because one, one one if one of the team gets upset, like one of those teams is not going to make it, I don't think. Yeah. But... I don't It'll see be, any chance of a three-bid Mountain West. Let's just put it that I way. I don't think so either with as strong as conference like the, but like Indiana compared to one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Like you said, committee might put Indiana in there instead. Uh, but at the same time, you say like Boise State's going to win a game in March Madness. I'm not ready to commit to that because with the Big Ten beating each other up, you're going to get a team that's pretty good as like a six. Like you could see Michigan State as like a six seed, which would be a very tough draw. Yeah, it'd be a tough draw. As a six seed. Um, but then UConn, like Alex said, is ranked this week, 25. UConn goes on the road to DePaul, uh, avoids an upset, didn't have book night, but still avoids the upset um, by holding DePaul scoreless in like pretty much the last four and a half minutes. They scored one point, DePaul did, because UConn was down before that to DePaul. But Yeah, it was kind of a boring game, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. There were a lot of fouls, not much offense, not many threes made. Kind of just a dog fight. If you're a UConn fan, though, without book night, a cook of cook still working his way back. Mm-hmm. The day you got in the top 25, the first day you're ranked, it's not an overly impressive win versus DePaul. I'm not saying it is, but that's got to feel good for UConn because they don't play another game for an entire week. So it's like a bye week of sorts for them. So they're not going to drop out of the rankings, at least I don't think. Yeah, their game against Nova got postponed, obviously, because Nova's still got the COVID problems. So UConn stocks only going up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then we move into tonight's games, uh, the ones that have already been completed. We'll talk about six Kansas losing on the road to unranked Oklahoma State. Cade Cunningham didn't really do much in the second half. His first half, he had 14 points. He only had four in the second half, but still. It's still Cade pretty, Cunningham it's still got, a pretty good first got, half for Cade Cunningham. He got, he got him out to... A nice lead, finished with 18 points, and shot the ball 50%. But Kansas really tried to climb back in this one, Alex. Yeah, they fought back in the second half. They started pounding it down low to McCormack. I mean, Agbaji played well, but, I mean, we talked about Jalen Wilson. He did not have Mm-mm. a good game whatsoever. And neither, did, and neither did Christian Brown. Yeah, he's been struggling as of late, too. He has. He really has been. But this Oklahoma State team. Kind of spooky. Kind of spooky. And I, I would actually say they are spooky. They, yeah, they Listen, are. I'm, I'm willing to go there, Alex. I'm willing to go there with you. They are spooky. But this Big 12 in general, competitive conference. conference. We've said second most competitive conference after the Big 10, obviously. Yep. There are going to be games like this. No team except eh, Baylor probably is going to come out of the Big 12. Maybe not unscathed, but rather unscathed. But all other teams, going to be a dogfight. Yeah, I mean... But obviously the Horned Frogs ended up to be frauds, like m- pretty much we all knew. They started out 9-2. and two. This is their third loss in a row, and they lost 82-46 to 46 to Oklahoma. Not even close. But Boomer Sooner, I actually think, is a spooky team as well in Not the Big bad. 12. They still have child molester Brady Manick. Um, <laughs> and Austin Reeves. Actually, that's probably too. not okay to say that, but <laughs> his mustache. Pedo vibe. Tells the story, really. Yes. Um, Tweedo gets another win. They're 11-3 and three right now. Um, Chomp Chomp Gator Swamp back on track, 72-63 at home against Ole Miss. Uh, and then 9 Wisconsin goes on the road to 7 Michigan and gets embarrassed by Jawan Howard and company. List the final score. The final score was 
But and it was not that close. It was not that close. Alex, it was what, 26-23? 26-23 at one point, I want to say Michigan went on like a 41-6 run. Well, next thing I know, they were like up 69-29. to They were up 40 points. It was a 43-6 yeah. run, which is unheard of. It was absolutely embarrassing for the Badgers. I, I wish Wesley was here. I really wish Wesley was here. Michigan has all the pieces right yeah, now. Yeah, Luke, go on a rant because you've been banging the Michigan drum for weeks, yeah. months, Michigan, Michigan, years. Michigan getting dropped from the rankings early after an overtime win against a Bad Horizon League team in Oakland. Instate rivalry, baby. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they, I looked at them. I said... Getting that win was the only thing that they needed to do there because this Michigan team is talented. They're going to come together. Juwan Howard's a good coach. I said that was disrespectful to drop a team like that from the rankings, even after a game like that. And I told you, after Austin Davis got hurt, I was like, this Hunter Dickinson guy is coming in, filling in for him well. Not only did he fill in for him, he took his job. And Austin Davis is a great guy, so he's obviously going to be a good piece off the bench. He's a big supporter, the freshman. But... They have all the pieces now. Hunter Dickinson should be in contention for Wooden Player of the Year, and he's already in contention for Freshman of the Year. And he didn't even start off too hot this game. He ended up with 12 points and six boards, five for 10 shooting. But Livers started hot, and then Livers cooled down a little bit towards the end, even though it didn't matter as much. But everybody will pick everybody up on Michigan. They have so many people that they can go to. Their offense is facilitated really well. They played lockup defense against Wisconsin and made them look really silly this game. I mean, Michigan's got some nice pieces. Mike Smith, Eli Brooks, Franz had a great game again. It's this Wolverine squad. I've been tooting their horn for weeks, and now that everybody's tooting their horn, I would like to be – I would like to say that I was the first to do Take that. a victory lap. Let's Take a victory lap. This is a well-deserved victory lap. You absolutely deserved it. You've been calling it since day one. Michigan's defense is really, really good. I really like their defense, and I'm going to attribute that a lot to Juwan Howard. We all think Juwan Howard, coach of the year. Coach of the year. At this moment. Yeah. We're going to have a mid-season awards podcast rather soon. A little foreshadowing. Here. I'm willing to say that, that one might be a unanimous choice. Yep. Here's actually a fun fact about Michigan. Luke, you're going to like this one, but it's going to help your case. First, they are the first team in college basketball history. No, that's, you know, college basketball history. It's not like Big Ten history. It's not like last 10 years. It stems back quite a bit. It stems back quite a bit. First team in college basketball history to win three straight games against ranked opponents by 19-plus points. Pretty, yeah. Pretty good stat. This is, and I that's mean, a, that's a that's like a dominant set. That shows that they're not just winning; they're dominating. And I mean, this is this isn't a bold prediction to go up on the wall because it's kind of an extended one. But Michigan is going to be the most dominant program in college basketball in the next ten years. With Jawan Howard as coach, they already have the number one recruiting class coming in for next year. That's fair. And Jawan Howard, the recruits he's brought in already, a lot of them aren't even playing right now. And Zeb, they got Zeb Jackson, I think his name is. The lefty. The lefty, who's gonna, who's got a nice stroke, who's going to be good for them next year after Mike Smith has graduated and gone. Um, and then he's got a couple other players, including his son. Um, and then along with the number one recruiting class, mm-hmm. Juwan Howard's guys that he's recruited so far haven't even really been tapped into. And he's already doing this. And that's with transfers he's brought in, talent that he's developed with, obviously, Coach Beeline was a good recruiter, good coach. But I would argue Hunter Dickinson is technically a yeah yeah that's, yeah recruit. one one of yeah one yeah. of his recruits, but he's got a lot more and he's got a lot more coming in yeah. and he had this number one recruiting class before Michigan was dominating this year. Yes, 
and that's only going to get built on more and more. So it's going to be fun to watch this program grow in the next 10 years, more than it already is. And we knew, getting back to this game, we knew that Michigan was for real before this game. We knew that yeah. as a podcast. However, none of us saw Wisconsin getting dominated like this. They shot 30%. Especially when the stat about Wisconsin that gets repeated over and over, oh, all five starters on Wisconsin can legally buy a beer. Oh, the starting five on Wisconsin is older than the starting five on the Chicago Bulls, which, by the way, is an insane stat. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that's quite wild. But, I mean, this is disappointing as a Badger myself, and you would think a team that experienced would not let a blowout and a pure domination like that happen. It was just sloppy, badger basketball. They had no flow on offense, and credit that to Michigan's defense. They were everywhere. Eli Brooks and Mike Smith were locked down defenders on Wisconsin's guard. On Wisconsin's guards. Demetri Trice got a shooting percentage up towards the end of the game, but before that, he was not shooting Brad the ball. Brad well. Davison did nothing. Yeah, he was He couldn't go anywhere on the court. And then you look at even the spark spark plug off the bench and Johnny Davis, 0 for 6, 0 points in, in 26 minutes. And that's not a typical Johnny Davis stat line. No, no, it does not. So total domination there by Michigan. Um, thankfully, my Iowa Hawkeyes don't have to play them until March 2nd, when hopefully they might be a little bit cooled off. But that'll be a battle for the top of the Big Ten at that point. So, I mean, looking forward to that one big time. Um, but again, Michigan's not going to come out of the Big Ten unscathed. By any means, in my opinion. Right Char- now they are. Charlie might disagree with no, me. No, no, they're not. Nobody's <laughs> going out of the Big Ten on skate. Let's be completely real with ourselves here. But what they've done up until this point is impressive as hell. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, then we got some ACC action. 19 Duke goes on the road. First time they've played a tough team in about a month and a half because um, of the COVID issues and all that. Uh, they go on the road and lose to 20 Virginia Tech, 74-67. Alex, what... What's going on? Yeah, right what now? were you saying about Duke like literally twenty minutes ago? We said he said what he's he said what they needed to do to step up. Really, I mean Matthew Hurt again. He's the only one out there who's really playing well for Duke. He had twenty and eleven again. Uh, DJ Stewart did not shoot the ball well. I mean, I don't know this Duke team. Just they don't really have that many scores. I mean, you look at Matthew Hurt when he's your leading scorer. He's not really athletic. He's not that versatile. He's kind of like a he'll kind of shoot with his form. Mm-hmm. Make a few shots, but Virginia Tech—they shot well from three forty-three percent. That's what Virginia Tech they likes to score. do. Yeah, Virginia Tech did not trail in this game. One, two. Virginia Tech was up forty-six thirty-four at halftime. So yeah. Duke's got to hone in on the defense and hone in on the energy, frankly. And I yeah. think that starts with Coach K. Ever since he said we should just cancel the season, He's I honestly me, think that bled after down his to the two team. Home losses. He's yeah. giving me last year's Roy Williams vibes yeah. slightly. Yeah, ACC just, coaches. Just not caring. And one more thing I want to add about Virginia Tech. I really like Jalen Cohn off the bench for them. He's a nice piece for them. Yeah, that's the shooter, I'm pretty sure, who mm-hmm. averages like yeah. eight threes a game. Uh, then we got some action going on right now. Alabama at Kentucky. Alabama currently up 14 points, 57-43, with 11 minutes to go. I, I can st- – call me crazy. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I definitely can still see Kentucky coming back from this. I don't know. Against Alabama, a team that can – really play fast and put up a lot of points. I don't see Big Blue Nation coming back from this game. I don't know. You I think mean, that they can come back from a 14-point deficit the way they play basketball and the way Alabama plays? If Dante Allen gets hot off the bench from deep. 
You're asking for a lot here, Luke. You're asking, asking for a lot. For a lot. <laughs> but Kentucky's an athletic team, too, and that, that can run the floor. My Crimson so. Tide are not going to blow this lead. Roll Tide. You know, speaking of Roll Tide, they just won the football national championship last oh, night. So. Speaking of, did you guys see the picture of their quarterback, Mac? What's oh, yeah, with the, with the beer belly Did and the cigar. Did you see the picture of him with the <laughs> yeah. cigar in his belly? Oh, my God. I'm, like, in ten times better shape than Mac Jones. I should try to be a quarterback for Alabama. I mean, he it's not hard those darts. Not hard I mean, when you have Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith is wide open. Play. <laughs> Can't imagine it's that hard. Yeah. Uh, then we got Syracuse going on the road to UNC right now. Two teams kind of needing to win. Syracuse 7-2, and two, UNC 7-4. and four. It's a dogfight right now. 62-56, UNC. Um, so important ACC action there. And then we got Providence going on the road to Marquette. Another two teams that could use a win in the Big East. And Marquette's up three in that one right now. What do you think about your uh, Golden Eagles there, Alex? I don't know. They're a, they're a tough team to read, if I'm being completely honest. That's the best description I've ever heard of Marquette this year. <laughs> I mean, we've tried to break down Marquette. We've tried to dissect them. It is not it's easy. Like, They're tough. I can't get a read on them. It's like they've got some good wins. They've got some bad losses. They've looked horrible. They've looked great. It it really depends on the night. And then Luke just chimes in with the one word, turnovers. Turnovers. Should we see what they're at right now, Luke? Yeah, we could see what they're at because Providence was down at half, like eight points or something. Hey, they've only got six right now. Whoa. Only six. See, watch that. And they're winning right now. Big, big shock. Big shock. Um... Then we get into Wednesday's games. We got we got Northwestern going on the road. Twenty one Ohio State. Northwestern's now six and four, but they did beat Ohio State earlier at home, and it was a very good game. And Northwestern's front court versus Ohio State's front court is a fun matchup to watch. Do you think the Wildcats get back on track here with the win over the Buckeyes? What's the line on that game? Ohio State by eight, but Ohio State is also very hot right now. They are, but I think. I think this is like too good of like a matchup like between the two front courts for Ohio State to cover that line. And I I don't think they do. I think I think Ohio State probably still wins, mm-hmm. but I think Northwestern covers at a minimum. Yeah, I can I can see Ohio State actually covering. I I wouldn't bet on this game to be honest on the line because there's so many different ways that this game can go. Because uh, you can get first half versus Illinois Northwestern, and you can get second half versus Illinois Northwestern. It's a valid point. <laughs> and. If it's first half, it's an easy cover. If it's second half, Ohio State's going to run away with it. But I think the Buckeyes pick it up. I just they're they're playing really good basketball right now, and now that they got some momentum, I don't know. I like I like the Buckeyes in this one, Alex. I think the Buckeyes win, but I think it'll be pretty close. And then we got NC State going on the road to Florida State, six and three versus five and two in the ACC. Florida State's favored by four and a half. NC State's struggling a little bit. But also, Florida State has been struggling a little bit. So, what do you like with this line? I like Florida State to cover the four and a half. I do too. Because I've seen, while both these teams have been struggling, I've seen a lot better flashes out of Florida State than I have seen out of NC State. I like FSU. I think they're a more talented team. By a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, take take Florida State to cover if you're listening out there. If, If we're unanimous on something, it's... Very likely that will be right. Normally a good call. Very likely. Um, then we got Arkansas going on the road to LSU. I wish Wesley was here because LSU's Wesley's team. Me and Charlie like the Hogs. Alex, who do you prefer? Kind of a middle man. I like sorts. LSU. I like LSU. LSU. I really like Cameron Thomas. I'm kind of following Wesley's train of thought. He's an incredible basketball player. Line right now is LSU by two and a half. 
Hogs. I like the Hogs to cover that one. I like Hogs to win outright. I, I disagree. One. Hogs outright. Let's hogs go. outright. <laughs> Too much offensive firepower. Too much firepower indeed. And then we got 15 Texas Tech at number four Texas. Big one in the Big 12. I think Texas wins by like 10 points in this one. Texas favored by three at home. I like Texas to cover. I like I like Texas Tech in this one. I like Mac McClung. You stole my pick there, Hoster. You stole, you stole my pick. I like Tortilla Nation. All right? They're coming off a good win. Granted, it was versus Iowa State. Not a great team. <laughs> but they looked good. They, yep. they looked good. And this is always, you know, a fun in-state rivalry. Boom. Tortilla Nation. I got Tortilla Nation. Then we, then we get into Thursday, um, and we'll stop right there before we get to the weekend. But Thursday's games, uh, start with some action. We haven't mentioned that very much. But Washington State at UCLA, both 9-2 and two teams. UCLA has been looking better, but if Washington State wins this one, they're kind of up in the driver's seat in the Pac-12. If I'm That's being like being up in the honest, driver's seat. I have not seat. Watched, watched Washington State <laughs> basketball at all this year. But what I've seen from UCLA, I'm just going to go UCLA, Jamie Jaquez, Tiger Campbell. Yeah, I agree. UCLA is too athletic for Washington State. And when you make a comment like they're up in the driver's seat for the Pac-12, that's like being (laughs) up in the driver's seat on like a 1997 Mercury Grand Prix. You know, it's not saying all that much. No, I would say it's more like a a 2006 green punch buggy. And my reasoning is because it's kind of like a dinky little car and the Pac-12 is really soft. I mean, that's the most spot-on thing I've heard all day. <laughs> Great analogy. Great analogy there, Alex. Astute, astute, astute analogy. This is why you guys listen to us. For this is what like you this. come here for. This is the content that you need. Um, and probably... <laughs> and the fact that you called it a punch buggy punch makes buggy you maybe the biggest loser in the world. <laughs> because nobody calls them punch buggies. What do you call them? Slug bugs. Slug bugs. Okay. Or like right. Volkswagen, like... I don't know if I've been Passat living under a no. rack, but it's been a punch buggy my entire life. <laughs> Volkswagen... What are they called? There's like a word for a Volkswagen a beetle. A beetle. Yeah, a beetle. A Volkswagen beetle. If you call it a punch buggy, yeah, because you say. Uh, I've I've heard it. I've heard that. No, no, no. It's no a it's a slug bug. I've heard punch, punch buggy. bug. No punchbacks. No, it's slug bug. No slugbacks. It's a no, slug. It's yes, slug. it is. It's slug bug. No slugback. Listen, we're gonna put up a poll. If anyone is listening this far into the episode, please let us know what you call a Volkswagen Beetle. Listen, leave us a five star review. Go on Apple Podcasts. You don't even have to write a review. Just write five star review, and when it says like, "Here are your thoughts," just write slug bug or punch bug. Just write what you think. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't need anything in depth. Give us that five star review. We're not picky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then we got a huge game in the Big Ten and a big in-state rivalry. Purdue. At Indiana, both eight and five teams. Is Purdue this, really eight and five? Yeah. Wow. Both eight and five teams, kind of bubble teams, producing a little bit better of a position. But with a win here, whatever team wins is going to get nice momentum. And I think that team is Indiana at Assembly Hall. It's going to be a, a good matchup because you got two really good bigs, both, but they have different play styles. Mm-hmm. Trace Jackson Davis is quick. He likes to attack the hoop. And Travion's just a back you down, and I will... Get my little jump hook and score. Travion's like the, op- the opposite of a slug bug. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna what? bust it down low. He's not soft. He's a tank. He's a tank. He's a tank. <laughs> he's an absolute tank. <laughs> um, but I, what I think does it here is Indiana's guard play is better than Purdue's guard play, and I think that's what will win them the game. I got Purdue. I think they got some momentum with them. I, I like Indiana as well. They're at home. I mean, yeah, it is an in-state rivalry, like we said. But, yeah, being at home is important. Um, then we got Michigan State at number five, Iowa. Nice little, nice little Big Ten action. 
going on. I like Iowa at home here, but I think this is going to be a close game. I think whatever the line is, Michigan State keeps it under. I disagree. I don't know who's going to guard Luka Garza. I think with J-Bo heating up, Iowa wins this game fairly handily. I got Iowa by 9 to 10 points. Then we got some good late games. SMU at Memphis, 7-2 and two versus 6-4 and four in the American. And right now, SMU has, in, in most bracketologies, SMU is in or on the bubble. And Memphis... What bracketology? Your own bracketology? <laughs> Andy Katz. Andy Katz... I don't. I would love a fight. Might be more fraudulent than Leonardo. No, he's not. That's not true. Okay, that's that's disrespectful. How dare you say? Andy Katz is probably the best bracketologist. Yes, but I think like if I I gave it a whirl, pretty good. I would be better than all of them. But Memphis started the year off pretty poorly, but they did have a tough schedule and win here. If they get momentum in the American at Memphis, Memphis, I just don't think SMU. I'm just gonna take Memphis because you love the ponies and I love Boogie Alice. Ponies, ponies yeah. all the way. Kendrick Davis and company. Um, but here is the real late game of the night. San Diego State at Utah State. These are two of the Mountain West teams we talked about have a chance at getting a bid in the tourney. 9-2 and two, San Diego State on the road at 9-3 and three, Utah State. Utah State hasn't faced as much competition as they did at the beginning of the year, which is a part of the reason why they're rolling. But that momentum might be giving them some confidence. Every time I pick Utah State, it always turns out bad. Now I just get clowned. So I'm going to go with San Diego State here, despite it being at Utah State, despite Utah State being on a roll. Um, I think the Aztecs will take that game. I like Utah State. I like Nimi Skeda and Justin Bean. I like their front court. I that think is they a, get it done. That's a really fun duo to watch, by the way. I agree with Alex. I like the momentum that they've got right now. Um, San Diego State shows that they're not maybe as strong as previously thought um, with that choke that they had against... Colorado State. Colorado I mean, <laughs> kind of embarrassing. Um, but then last game of the night, nine and two, nine and three teams facing off in the WCC, St. Mary's and BYU. It's a good game, and I like the Cougs in this one. Yeah, I like the Cougs. As I don't well. think I don't think Tommy Cousy's that dude. By I, any, I, I, okay, I guess by don't. Tommy Cousy's not even close to being that dude. No, but he's not. He's not. A, he's not good enough to win teams games. Either. Almost disrespectful that you even like had to ask that question. Yeah, but come on, Luke. <laughs> But I don't think he's an X-factor enough. For no, I, I don't so. think he can lead St. Mary's to a win. Yeah. If they do, BYU is going to have to play pretty poorly. I like yeah. BYU here as so well. I like the Cougs. And then that wraps up the games to look forward to. All right, yeah. Fun podcast. And stay tuned for our um, midseason awards podcast coming up. And until next time, this is Made in March.